welcome in, welcome in to another episode of Ms. Charm School Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Sunday Eli. Thank you so much for joining me again today. My goodness. Welcome to the new year. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you are not listening to this in the actual new year, then consider it a new year for you. Today is a fresh start for you. Even if the day is almost over, it just takes a mental decision to start over, to start new, to do something different, to change. And so I'm so happy, so happy to welcome you into this space, into this new fresh space. For those of you who are new, Miss Charm School Podcast is for modern boss babes who are looking to re-engage their feminine energy, their sensuality, and their spirituality. I also like to describe Miss Charm School Podcast as the place for women who are in their womanhood and getting ready to transition into their queendom. Now, I break that down as being in your womanhood is really your me season. It's really when you are learning about thyself. We're always learning about ourselves, but it's really when you're in your single season of really being self-occupied and self-preoccupied. And when you get elevated into your queendom, it simply just means that now your decisions impact nations, nations meaning groups of people. And so your decisions no longer only impact yourself, but your decisions impact the people around you. And that could be being a queen in your management position in your job or being a queen as you step into entrepreneurship and then you end up hiring staff or freelancers or contractors to work with you. Or your queendom could be taking care of a loved one, a family member. Your queendom could manifest in many different shapes and forms. It could manifest in becoming a mother or a fiance or being a wife. Just when your decisions no longer only impact yourself. (laughs) And we think that, uh, as I say that out loud, I'm thinking like your decisions always impact other people. Like whether you go right or left on the road impacts other people, right? But I more so mean as a queen, your decisions impact people who are within your domain, who are you could say, quote unquote, subjects in your kingdom, in your queendom. And that's actually a good launching point for starting to talk today. So I've been doing a deep dive into, well, let me back up. Welcome, welcome for those of you who are new to this space. And for those of you who are returning, welcome back. Welcome back. I'm so happy that you guys are here. Welcome back. Going back to the launching point for this episode and talking about kingdom and queendom, I've been doing a deeper dive into um, I've been doing a deeper dive into kingdom. And to be honest, can I get real with you guys for a second? I have personally really struggled with as of lately, not necessarily believing in God, but Christianity. And the reason why I have struggled with it is not because I stopped loving Jesus or that I um, don't understand that I need a savior or that I don't appreciate the cross or reverence God. It's none of that. It's just the man-made stuff that comes along with Christianity. And I've found it really challenging to navigate that. And, um, Yeah, and I've never really allowed myself to ask those questions before. 
And I have friends from different walks of life, um, people who are Jewish, people who are Muslim, people who um, believe that God is the universe and God is woman. And I have lots of friends that have different varying um, belief systems, if you will, or perspectives. And I find that it's rich to have those types of connections because one, I think it helps you reaffirm what you believe to have the courage to believe what you believe around people who have varying opinions of you in a way it strengthens your belief systems and also I feel like I glean and learn a lot from different cultures and different faiths and different practices and so that's been also just wonderful so I encourage you if you are a Christian or a believer um, that's listening to this I would encourage you to have a diversity of people around you And not to the point, well, to your discretion, okay? Let's say that, to your discretion. You know um, what's good and and what is not good. Your spirit will tell you. And so I, um, yeah, so I've been there. And I recently had someone share with me about Dr. Uh, Pastor Miles Monroe. He's no longer with us. But they were sharing with me about his series, his kingdom series, And I've heard of Pastor Miles Monroe before, and I've listened to a lot of his sermons on relationships and marriage and just different things like that, but I've never listened to his Kingdom series. And so I've been doing a deep dive into that and listening to it and taking notes, and it's just been so refreshing. And there's, I'm not even going to attempt (laughs) to break it down for you the way that he does. Um, He says that it's something that he studied for almost 30 years, and I'm a novice just now learning. But the revelations in the kingdom series by Miles Monroe, and you can find those videos on YouTube, are very profound for me. And they provide an answer for the questions I think I've been afraid to ask almost. So there's times when I pray and I'm praying to God and um, especially recently, the towards the end of 2023, many of you know, if you don't know, my father transitioned um, from this side to the next and is now an ancestor. And um, that was a really tough transition for me. It still is tough. Like there's times where I see his obituary in the house and I get sad or there's times when I wake up in the morning and I hear him talking to me. I, I can hear his voice and The other day I was even on LinkedIn and his profile came up and I'm like, oh, my dad, (laughs) but he's not physically here anymore for me to be able to contact or call or anything like that. And so um, while I'm not necessarily sad about it anymore, I feel his loss. And of course, many of you know, I absolutely adore my father and and even in death, his life still teaches and still unfolds and I'm still learning about myself and learning about him even with him no longer being here so it's it's been it's been different I've never lost a parent before and um, this is the first for me and it's um, yeah I don't really have the words but I definitely have peace around it And so, you know, with that loss um, towards the end of last year, I 
started to kind of unravel a lot of other things that needed deep healing and deep forgiveness in my own life and in my soul, stuff that I've been carrying, you know, childhood trauma and all the things that I feel like when you get a certain age, you're like, let me actually heal myself and work on myself and get better. And I'm in that season and stage of my life. And that will probably continue for the rest of my life. And well, let me give myself more credit. (laughs) I definitely think I've always been searching for better and to be the better version of myself. I'm reminded of a summer program I did at Hampton University many moons ago. Shout out to HU, HUI, or um, I believe Hampton University or Hampton Institute. It was before it was Hampton University. And um, when we were there, they taught us this slogan, good, better, best, never let it rest until you're good becomes better and your better best. And I've never forgotten that since I was 16 years old. And I've carried that with me my entire life. And so there's always been this like drive within me to be better best. And for a while that was in my career. And, you know, it may have been channeled in different directions, but I was always working to be good, better, best truly never letting it rest until my good is better and my better is best. And now I'm in this season where I'm really unpacking a lot of the emotional stuff from my past that I didn't even know was something that you needed to unpack. And so it's been it's been a death, if you will, of a lot of things, not just of my father transitioning, but of my own transition, my own transition out of my girl into my woman, my own transition from my womanhood into my queendom. And there's been breaking of relationships and separation and introduction of new relationships and new people in my life and reevaluating and revaluing the people who've already been in my life. And so it's just been this really interesting but beautiful tapestry unfolding. And I hope it's been the same for you. And as this new year began, I was thinking to myself that I don't know what my goals are. Usually in in the beginning of the year, people have like resolutions and stuff like that. And I sort of sat there thinking like, you know, everything feels very blank for me. And I don't, for the first time maybe in my life, I don't feel overwhelmed by that or sad by that or that I need to come up with some grand goal like being at zero or having my feet on the ground actually feels really good. And in having my feet on the ground, it's like my eyes are being open to the answers that have always been around me, always been within me that I just didn't have the courage or the, I was maybe moving too fast that I wasn't slowing down enough to hear or to see or to listen to. And that brings me back to Miles Monroe, Pastor Dr. Miles Monroe. And so as I was going through all these different transitionings and breakthroughs and deliverance and and healing of myself, I began or receiving Christ healing for me and finally accepting it <laughs> so that I could have freedom within my personal being. I had questions, you know, like when you pray and, and you feel like things aren't moving or you feel like you're not experiencing miracles. And so I got on this kick about like praying for miracles because I wanted to see like the supernatural happening in the physical form. 
And excuse me if this is like very deep and going over folks' heads, but I hope that you can follow along with me. And I began to like ask these questions like, you know, God, I love you, you know, but at the same time, I, I almost feel like, hmm, I think that there's a narrative perhaps in Christianity that like to love God, you have to lose yourself and to a certain degree yes but I think that there is a stereotype that like to serve God and to love God means that I have to be a preacher or a deacon or a usher (laughs) and I have to be someone that I'm not and I struggle with that as someone who's always been a Christian and loved God my entire life I also have felt I've gone through different phases where like, oh, you know, women that love God need to be meek and cover them, their bodies and, you know, not be distracting. I've literally sat in services where I've heard women who love God as well help coach other younger women and saying like, as a woman, you don't need to be a distraction for a man. And it's just kind of anyway. So I've just I've had lots of questions, y'all. I like and I've heard different things that I've always felt like never really sat well with me, you know, but I've always loved God though. Like I've always loved Christ and read my Bible. And I really believe I walk with God and, but there's been, like I said, just different teachings and things I've heard in my journey that I've just not all the way agreed with. And I kind of felt like, dang, did that make me a heathen? Like, (laughs) does that make me, um, less holy or less of a Christian because I don't all the way subscribe to that. Um, I understand that I'm off, you know, definitely in the title and the slogan, if you will, of my podcast, sensuality is a very important part for me. I don't think you, you have to do away with being a sensual, spiritual, beautiful, alluring woman. I just, I don't think that that's necessary to love Jesus that you have to like I don't know I don't even know what the alternative is because it's just not me (laughs) and so I've always felt sort of of a misfit because I have passions that maybe look to the traditional Christian church as very worldly and sinful but I also know that I'm not necessary. I'm not engaging in the sin. So, for example, um, or, well, I guess it might depend on who you're talking to, right? But like, um, I travel a lot for people who know me, and I've lived abroad and gone to lots of different countries and stuff. And I absolutely love travel. It's a passion of mine. I I love it not just for the getting on the plane and the looking cute in the pictures. <laughs> I love it because I love to learn about other places. I love to, I love to learn about history and culture. And, you know, I went to Europe for the first time last year and just to walk in a free museum, I was able to see like how old the world is by looking at the artwork that has been collected over the centuries. Before I was ever born, there were people that were breathing and living and having babies and and falling in love and having heartache and it just just even seeing something like that reminded me like the world is old okay and 
the world has had people for a very long time and the decisions and the provision that God made for those people to survive and the decisions that those people made made it possible for me to be breathing today. And there was just such this huge humbleness and this huge like gratitude that I had to even be breathing because I understand that I'm only breathing because 400, 500, 600, 700 years ago, somebody whose DNA I still hold in my body was breathing and made decisions and decided to love someone and have a family. And, you know, like we're so we're more connected than disconnected. And then it also reminded me and showed me like the same problems that we have today, war, um, what, what you going to eat what you're going to wear, the poor people, the rich people, like the same stuff is ever old. Like it's not new. It's, it's the same earth and it's the same people and it's the same problems and it's the same victories for that matter. Technology may have changed and, you know, things like that. But in terms of everyday people relations, it's the same, like it was a thousand years ago. And that just like, I don't know, it moved me. It moved me to tears just to feel so small in the grand scheme of everything and so um I love travel for a lot of reasons not just you know for the cute turn up but for the things that I learned the ways that I feel like it makes me richer as a person and um yeah and so when I'm going and I'm traveling and I'm doing different things like sometimes you know, I don't know. There's all different types of per, um, perspectives. Like I'm hooking up, I'm sleeping around. Um, if I go to music festivals or carnival or something, then I must be like a loose woman. And, you know, none of that is the case. <laughs> but I have felt conflicted. And then when I try to do like the super holy you know, praying and fasting and seeking the Lord and like, you know, rebuking every devil, like, that's fine for a time and then after a while it's like that doesn't feel like me either and so I've always been in this place where I've sort of felt like a misfit where like I love God but like oh God don't call me to like lead anybody or like really be in the front because I'm not the type of example that I feel like the Christian church wants to promote because I feel like I there's a freedom maybe that I walk in um to live my life that I feel like in the church sometimes is is we don't even know what to do with that kind of freedom. So we I feel like we suppress ourselves. That's just my personal opinion. We talking, right? We having a conversation. And um I see that in a lot of my peers that also love Jesus. I just feel like they're so suppressed and they're they're trying so hard to live up to these Christian standards and rebuking themselves and like but then it's it's become stressful, I feel like. And I just don't think that Christ died for us to be more stressed and more chaotic and more um, hard on ourselves. Like, I do think there's a freedom to be able to live life and, li- and have life more abundantly. Like Christ said, he came. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. That's what the scriptures say. And then I think about when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration and Moses was there and Elijah was there. And so those were ancestors that were having a visitation and a talk with Christ. Like, what do we do with that? So then, like, when I have friends who believe in, like, 
the ancestors and ancestors being able to visit you and being able to have conversation and communion with ancestors. And then I know some people in the church who are like so scared of that because everything is demonic that they don't understand. But it's like even Christ had a visitation from um, others in the Bible that had passed on from the earthly realm, but he was able to commune with them. And so sometimes when I have friends who like are more into spirituality than um, the scriptures, I don't necessarily think everything they're saying is wrong. Now, I'm not saying that I'm trying to participate in everything, but I do think that there is a spiritual world that is far beyond my understanding. And, um, you know, yeah, and just that, just that alone, like, I don't dismiss it. I think is the point. And I think sometimes that also makes me feel like a misfit because like, well, where do you fit in the church to talk about that? So as someone shared with me about Miles Monroe's kingdom series and I started listening to it, I began to, I feel like feel seen and feel heard and feel accepted for the first time in a long time in my faith, which is my faith is everything to me. And so he began to really try to break down and illuminate that the kingdom of heaven is already here. It's already at hand. And I, again, encourage you to listen to it because I don't claim to be the expert. But he began to share how the kingdom of heaven is at hand and Christ came to restore us back to the kingdom with dominion over the earth. And I'm still studying and learning what that means and how he's going to break that down. But what I began to really understand from his teachings is that sometimes we were, as humans, we lean so heavily into religion and rules. Maybe we have this like innate thing within us that tells us that like we have to prove ourselves to God or that we like we all know we're not worthy, but then we try to like, I don't even know because I've never really been able to understand it or subscribe to it but being able to hear this kingdom series he basically is just illuminating that it truly is finished like you can have kingdom dominion right here right now on earth as it is in heaven that's what Christ that's a part of what Christ died for to restore you back to dominion over the earth so that you can have access to the kingdom so you can utilize the kingdom of heaven and one of the easiest ways I can really kind of break this down is like, if you think about the Lord's prayer, our father who is in heaven, Lord, bless be, blessed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us for our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil for thine is the kingdom. There it goes again, the power and the glory forever. Amen. And what the Holy Spirit has been revealing to me is that and especially like I said because I've gone to Europe and I've seen some new things that I don't I don't even know if we had a United States of America never had a kingdom if you will like we have Washington DC we have um, democracy we have um, the federal government but we don't have necessarily a kingdom if that makes sense and so also my recent travels and being able to see like some castles and stuff like that helps me kind of understand more of like a kingdom mindset. And I think about in the Bible when um, God freed the Israelites from Egypt, which was a kingdom, and they were free, they um, 
well, actually, mm, I was going to say they wanted a king like the other nations. I think I did get that correct, if I'm not mistaken. Um, eventually, they wanted a king like the other nations, and God gave them Saul. But um, before they asked for a king like the other nations, they were a people who God was their king, and God is invisible, quote unquote. You know, there's a scripture in Romans one twenty that says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen from things that are made so that men are without excuse. So everything in the, I, I understand that scripture to mean that everything in the universe, everything in the earth, everything above the earth, below the earth, in the seas, everything gives testimony that there is a God. We just can't see a God in a human form the way that we look at one another but everything in the earth shows you with your eyes that yeah there is a God there is a creator of all of these things um, there's a creator of you humanity that's how I interpret Romans 120 the scripture and so I'm saying all this to say that back in the day the folks wanted a king because they understood that God was their king but they wanted to look like the other nations and God gave them what they asked for the Israelites he gave them what they asked for but they didn't really need a king and so when Christ came to reestablish the kingdom and to give us back dominion again I think about that I'm like oh when Christ was walking the earth the disciples thought that he was going to put a king a physical king back on the throne like when they had King David on the throne and they didn't really understand, I think, the same way I read the text, probably the same way they understood it. When we hear kingdom, 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 we think like, oh, God's going to come back and take over and take control of the earth. And again, I'm, I don't claim to be an expert. Maybe that is the case. But Dr. Miles Monroe basically is preaching that the kingdom's already here. And I mentioned the Israelites story because... Before God gave them Saul, a physical king in the flesh, God was the king. The Ark of the Covenant was where God's presence rested. Like God was always meant to be the king of his people. And now all of us who like love God and love Jesus and accepted Jesus in our hearts. God is our king. God is our president. He's bigger than our president. He's our king. He's sovereign. And we're all citizens of the kingdom. It's a kingdom that we can't see in the physical flesh, like, you know, a big castle somewhere in the earth. But there is a massive castle and a massive land in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. And we have rights and privileges as citizens of that kingdom and it is our job to be ambassadors of that kingdom here on earth. And so my mind has just been like massive, like orgasm explosion because it's like, whoa, no wonder <laughs> so much stuff makes sense now when you're moving through the earth and you are doing your best to live out the laws of your kingdom, your spiritual kingdom, your faith. And you interact with people who are not trying to be in the kingdom. They don't understand the kingdom. You know, they just out here in the kingdom of darkness. And that's another thing that I've been understanding too. Like he broke down darkness just means ignorance. And Christ said, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And 
the word even enlightenment means knowledge, but it's enlightened. And God is God of the kingdom of light. Christ is the light of the world. That's enlightenment. And so, you know, so many people choose darkness. So many people choose willful blindness. So many people choose, or maybe they don't choose. They just, they're ignorant. They don't know. So they're just in the dark. And then here you go, if you're anything like me, where you are trying to live out the kingdom principles, which is enlightenment, which is light in the world, which is being the light of the world in whatever sector of the universe that God has put you in. And it hurts sometimes to interact with people or to to try to walk in the light because so many people are in the darkness. And um, I, I just see that so clearly now and I understand that. And it makes sense to me, y'all. And so, and it brings a level of freedom because then I can, I can shed the aspects of Christianity that are suppression and I can embrace the fact that I am completely loved by God and there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God like the scriptures say and that there is freedom in Christ and that there is therefore no condemnation to those who, who are in Christ Jesus. And I can understand that Christ is my king and it's my pleasure to be an ambassador for him here on earth and to carry his light in the world. And I don't have to like, you know, be a nun to serve God. Like it just brings so much freedom. I, I don't have to give all of my life and my time to the physical church location. I, I now understand that as a kingdom ambassador, I'm a kingdom ambassador 24 seven, you know, 48 whatever I like I'm just a kingdom ambassador all the time and who I am and who God has made you to be is perfect and complete and you don't need to be anybody else like okay you may need to heal some stuff like you you know recognize that Christ has already paid for your healing and your deliverance so there's no reason for you to walk around with the baggage from your past and your you're, there's no reason to walk around with shame. There's no reason to walk around. You know, Christ is faithful to bring you to enlightenment, even about yourself. But there's no need for you to not be you. And I heard somebody say this so simply. They were like, you know, I was listening to a man's testimony on YouTube and he was talking about how he loves music. And he was a music producer and also um, he was a rapper um, in the world secular in the world and for let's say for the kingdom of darkness and he kept he had encounters with God where God really like you know made him his presence physically known to this man and he kept saying like okay later like I, I love you God but I'll, I'll serve you later and he was saying like he thought serving God meant that he would have to stop music altogether because serving God meant becoming a preacher or whatever we think serving God means. And he was like, when he finally was like, okay, God, um, he ends, he ends up doing now. It's just so happens that he did turn out to be a pastor, but he started by doing music and doing music ministry at his church. And he still does music to this day. And he's still involved in music to this day. And um, I don't know if he still produces music, but he definitely still like, um, is involved in music to this day. And he was like, for whatever reason, we have this mindset that like to love God and to be in the kingdom, 
means that we have to give up the gift of who we are to the world. Like whatever your gifts are, those are the gifts that God gave you. And he just wants you to use them to further be his ambassador for the kingdom. And so if you're into music or, you know, me, I'm into women being ignited and being fulfilled. And I'm into shedding all of this dogma of corporate America and needing the needing to climb the ladder and be the biggest boss babe who's lonely and sad and alone and frustrated and only her dollars are there to comfort her. And she feels like that's enough until she wakes up and realizes that she needs community, that she needs people, that no person can be an island on their own. And I'm just, I'm into our freedom. I'm into our freedom. I'm into our liberation. And I believe that I have almost felt conflicted about that because it didn't always line up with Christian teaching. But now I feel like I found myself in being a kingdom citizen and loving Jesus and loving God and being a kingdom ambassador on earth. Whatever God's laws are, those are the laws that I want to be in the earth. And those are the standards that I want to uphold in the earth. And that's the heart that I want to have when people encounter me, that they see light and that they see Christ. Um, And I really think that that's all Christ ask of you to be honest and some of you may feel like that's a lot like he's asking for my whole life and yeah technically he is but it's the better version of you come on Holy Spirit full circle moment it's your good better best it's never letting it rest until the good in you becomes better and the better in you becomes your best and you can only really truly be your best when you are in the light, when you are in the kingdom, when you are carrying out the things that really only matter in this earth. Like Christ told me a long time ago, I self-published a book back in 2015 and I started writing it like sometime in 2014. And I used to write down like, God, I want to be great. I want to be remembered in the history books of the United States. I want to be like Rockefeller and Oprah Winfrey and all this stuff. And God was like, one day the books of earth are going to (laughs) burn. Like God was like, one day the books are going to burn. Then who will remember you? Only what you do for Christ will last because that is enlightenment. That is the light of the world. That is the only difference maker. Everything else perishes. You know, Christ said his people perish for a lack of knowledge And to come into enlightenment means to come into encounter with Christ, who is the light of the world. And once you get on that side, once you get in that kingdom, he needs doctors and dentists. He needs teachers and professors. He needs mechanics and engineers. He needs sound engineers and DJs. He needs designers and clothing artists and florists and entrepreneurs and cooks and chefs and bag makers and shoemakers. He needs everything, everything. He doesn't need everybody to be a preacher. He doesn't need everybody to be an evangelist. He doesn't need everybody to be a prophetess. But everyone can be an ambassador for the kingdom. Everybody can have their passport and they can rep their kingdom that they come in the name of. I make shoes in the name of this kingdom. 
I do flowers in the name of this kingdom. I throw amazing events in the name of this kingdom. And when I do business, I do business according to these kingdom principles. And I live an abundant life. Hallelujah. And so that's what I'm on, y'all, for 2024. That's what I'm on for this new year. And if you're listening to this five years from now, seven years from now, maybe even after I've left this life, let today be your new year. Let today be the day that you exhale because you found the kingdom. You came into enlightenment. You stop trying to prove yourself and then keep falling short. Every religion on earth, we're all trying to prove ourselves to God by chanting, by being consecrated with our eating, with fasting, with all of these things. And then when we fall short, we beat ourselves up because we feel like we start back at zero instead of just accepting the fact that we've already been forgiven and it's okay when you make mistakes in the kingdom. Just don't lose the fact that you're a member of the kingdom. Get back up and keep going. And that's just what I want to share to you. And then you can feel good about doing good to people who do evil to you. Then you can feel good about upholding the standards of the kingdom, even though you move through a world where people are just ignorant and they're therefore in darkness. Then you can feel good about that. Even when it doesn't feel good, you can remind yourself, I'm an ambassador for the kingdom. And then you can have a heart that says, forgive them for they know not what they do. Because that's the God honest truth. You can forgive them because they're ignorant. And ignorance just means they don't know what they do. How freeing is that? Do you feel that? Like I feel a freedom and a peace in just sharing that with you. You know, so that's my message and I'm sticking to it today and it brings such freedom, it brings such clarity, it brings such love, it brings such peace. It makes me exhale, I feel good about it, I don't feel like I'm conflicted anymore, I feel like I can really accept myself, I don't even want to start getting emotional, I just feel like I can really finally accept myself regardless of other people's judgments and opinions about what's right and what's wrong and now I can have this beautiful intimacy with my king I, there's so much I could continue to say like when the veil ripped from top to bottom when Christ was um when Christ died on the cross that was significant of you don't know, you no longer have to go behind the veil now you can go boldly before the throne of grace another kingdom reference so now when you pray you can go boldly before the throne you can go boldly before the king there's no more separation anymore the kingdom is here it's here and our king is invisible but he's seen everywhere and in everything and you are the miracle. <laughs> you don't have to keep praying for miracles because you are the miracle that the world is waiting on. And when people encounter you and they encounter your light, they've encountered a miracle. Ooh, I told you I was not going to get emotional and I did anyway. <laughs> I just want to tell you, Charmers, that I love you. Who knows how this revelation is going to change and evolve Miss Charm School podcast. But um, I'm excited for what the king is going to do. 
and I'm excited to be an ambassador. I love you, Charmers. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.